0: Welcome back to Black O'Couch Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We are back for the fifth episode of the mini series, uh, Midnight Mass. For a minute, I forgot what it was called. <laughs> episode is written and directed, of course, by Mike Flanagan, with an additional writing credit for James Flanagan on this one. Book 5, Gospel, I gave a 9.6 out of 10. I really enjoyed this episode. The monologues are still a thing, however the pace better assimilated them in this episode more so in the past two that really I felt dragged down the episodes. But this had enough other action going on that, that it, it worked out better. So we start with Annie was looking at her son's vacant room concern now i could have sworn he said he was oh no he had well he spent the night before yeah at her house so i'm not sure why they were not sure where he was because as stated he told his parents i'm going to aaron's but at the table they're like still no sign of Riley." and i get that he was supposed to show up to help with the the boat but it's not as if like why did this why did warren have to say well he's been spending time with miss green i thought that was apparent that's where he was he was probably at however aaron comes by after she texts him and he doesn't answer Uh, she thought annie thought that they were together she then goes to the boat in the afternoon when riley still hasn't shown up or answered any texts speaks with warren warren tells ed that you know that they weren't together which causes him to be upset now some people when they get concerned they don't show it as worry it turns to anger and that's where you see that unfolding and. With Ed, like after that talk that we had, I thought we were moving into the next phase of our relationship, and then this happens, and he doesn't know what to think. Like, part of him wonders if something bad happened, but another part of him is thinking, oh, did he fuck off and do something or go somewhere, like to the mainland? But it also was confirmed that he did not take a ferry out, Uh, but he was already pretty wired just from him not showing up for the boat because <laughs> she was like it's a good thing that he's found some comfort he's an adult if he wants to go have sex with the neighbor that's that's on on him but they know that she lost a baby so they i would think as christians they'd be so very supportive of their son finding you know some some uh, some usefulness uh his phone was just sitting in that blood that thing was so dried up <laughs> on that wooden floor i'm like it's gonna take forever to get that out uh where do i want to go so i didn't take no notes but we have another scene with sharif where Paul, aka bell's mom she is worried about her son he's missing as well she knows that she hasn't been the best mother but she also knows that she did her best and that her son is not someone who's some hoodlum he puts food on the table by selling weed you know and other pills it's not something he wanted to do it's something that is a circumstance but you guys don't care about that or you shouldn't care about that when someone is missing that's when we should all be equal and it feels as if you're giving me the runaround because of what his pastime was versus this is her son and he is missing and he is a good brother to his sisters and he's a good son to her and this doesn't feel right but Sharif says look I'll you know I got my contacts in touch with people on the mainland we're we're looking into this but she wants him to talk to people on the island because people always know on the island. I'm like, not always, because we got a little gang over there that's keeping quite the secrets. Uh, she also brings up Joe Collie. Uh, she's like, go talk to him again because he might know something else since he's the last person to saw him alive. But now no one can find Joe. I'm going to say, Sharif, I need you to be a little bit better at your job. <laughs> joe is someone we always see you have always greeted in the morning with some coffee so if you know that man's routine and he's still not showing up and not at his house now there's someone else that last saw him that is missing and then you get someone walking into your home about a missing persons case and you don't think hmm maybe that's not suicide even though i get where like he was just doing his due diligence as a police officer but i would have expected a little bit more urgency on like a side note or sidebar of him being like yeah this is a lot of suspicious activity in 24 hours uh so yeah he goes to joe he doesn't answer i'll get to the because i'll do the riley and the father paul thing later uh, they all in town show up for morning mass but now they're doing mass at night and the reasoning is just because he's sick and is better at night I, I <laughs> this town is a little a little ripe for the rhetoric that they are being indoctrined into sarah gunning she was looking up or looking into research about what's happening with her mother because mildred is not only seems to have somehow reversed her dementia but she is dressing nicely i this whole entire time though i've seen mildred i'm like that is an actress that is much younger playing an older person that's probably going to turn out to be much younger (laughs) when we finally get the reveal of how she truly looks because the entire time i'm just like oh she looks she looks like she's just in makeup and she's way younger and it's not authentically an older woman playing (laughs) this part uh but she wants to go to church she's picked out a nice little outfit to go she gets to the church and everyone is surprised to see her I believe lisa's mom i forgot her name gets all choked up about it there's a look that that the mayor forgot his name too gives his wife they kind of share it but it's almost like yeah these miracle things are happening but i know they have to feel some type of guilt some kind of way uh because someone else brought up (laughs) like is he okay Or, or something about the father uh but yeah it seems like everyone in the town is just getting so much better and they're just accepting it as god's will and he's working in mysterious ways and yeah i don't i I just don't i think even in religion you can still be skeptical you can still be rational and it doesn't feel like anyone's using rationale rationale because it's easier and more maybe self-serving you know you're looking for for some type of proof of your faith and then you get it so you're more likely to to lean into that than possibly anything else going on uh granted it is supernatural right so it's not to say that they're totally off the mark in the, the the realm of their belief or what happened not being science, but definitely does does at least warrant a little bit more conversation and it doesn't feel as if that's happening. Uh what else do we have before we go to the the whole church scene so i guess we can get into the riley scene he um he go he ends up showing up at aaron's door after she reports him missing to sharif because she believes that their conversation regarding death may have been an indication of suicide uh he's the one that brought it up she kind of leaned into it how did Sharif not know that she miscarried? It seems to have been something that spread around the island, but I don't I don't find this island that big that he wouldn't hear this type of news. <laughs> just, just from Beverly alone. Uh, who just keeps everyone apprised of everything. But maybe she's had her hands full with the Monsignor over there. So Riley shows up at her doorstep he asked her to go out in a boat in the middle of the lake because he needs to have a conversation it's something she did before she left home and he asked can you do that for me and she says yes then when she is out there he tells her that this all started with a story uh and the star about the stars our species wondered well what what kind of beings up there what powerful creatures could lamp th- uh, light those particular fires And here we are religion, uh, so on and so forth. H- Holy Wars is what he brought up and we're still still at this basic question. Then he says I'm going to tell you a story you're not going to believe it but I need you to listen. And that's when we go into what happened to Riley uh when he was dying and he kept snapping his neck i'm like just just fucking leave him alone because it sounds awful but we see the the very cool effect of the eyes of the vampire as father paul doing his best bumbling (laughs) preacher uh assurance but at the same time sounding like a complete psycho the more and more he talks he says, I had a sister named Alice. She died of polio. It was a horrible death to watch. And it's what began my journey to to the church, to priesthood because I was afraid of death. And that's exactly how it all begins. It's the fear. And he assures him it's going to be fine as death becomes him. (laughs) He wakes a little bit later and He is healed from his neck gouging. Father Paul's just sitting there like this is another meeting, but it's the meeting, the one of his life. (laughs) Let me just put this out there. Monsignor Monsignor Pruitt is a terrible orator. He is not even a little bit convincing to me, but he comes over and tells him to sit. It was like a threat, but not a threat. Just sit. Just sit. Okay, don't be freaked out. (laughs) Even though anyone would be freaked out because they died and now they seem to be resurrected. He runs out of the front door. He's like, "I, I tried to warn you. And then he gets all sizzled up like bacon. I want somebody to just walk by and be like, hmm, somebody barbecuing? And then he begins to not go into great detail because he doesn't know he thinks that this is somehow all god's will he gives him this whole spiel about how he's been chosen by god to be resurrected He don't got all the answers but he encourages him to lean in he wants to know what brought him back to <laughs> the rec center he's like Was it wasn't like a uh you know you get a feeling something you couldn't know no motherfucker, you lied to me you lied about Joe Collie. Oh, that guy. Sorry about that. I'm so sorry I lied to you. But we are going to do 125% honesty going forward. <laughs> so, yes, I did eat Joe and drink from him as if he was a snack. But that was God. He was working through me. And Beverly in my shock and disgust completely gave me all of the script and in te- and, and context i needed to accept the things that i could not change which he said about 40 times beverly shows up just to check in you know see how things are going especially after he was calling him a murderer it's like that's some fucking bullshit <laughs> you killed that man who was getting better he could have been better what well you know that's just what god chose him to die for a higher purposes, which is to serve me because I was hungry. <laughs> he tells Beth to come here, come closer. She says, is that a good idea? Yeah, I- I- I'll protect you. There has to be a point before the end of the season in which he has to kill her, right? He has to, or the creature as Mimi say, because even when she was like, I'm frustrated, <laughs> he's like, I know. I'm going to murder you. I'm going to come into your house one night while you're asleep. I'm going to cut your throat. This isn't a joke. You're going to die. He needed him to get the demonstration of the desire he has to munch up on <laughs> her flesh. She leaves, comes back later with Sturges. And he, he got little... He, they've been using him as a blood bag and so he he pour he he cuts himself puts his blood in a chalice and they give it to him because he he should not ignore that hunger he also asked him because he, he got mad he screamed at him like why are you fucking lying to me you've been doing it since you've gotten to these meetings i didn't feel any guilt about killing joe all of my my conscience is clear how does that make you feel he's like disgusted no you're a murderer no you are a terrible human being no okay i'm fucking jealous yes yes see he really was trying to just basically do a positive and negative side on the board (laughs) negative can't go out in the sunlight positive conscious clear and he really did throw it in his face that he was a murderer too he's like you gonna be a murderer but you know Don't throw uh, stones when you're living in a glass house, son. It's like, damn, you're supposed to be his pastor. (laughs) Telling him like that, knowing he's in a fragile state of guilt for it. So after he drinks the blood, and Bev goes on a spiel about how he's ungrateful. And even now, he doesn't even have God's will, and is blessed by God's will as a chosen one. (laughs) The irony. The irony bev is also hella jealous of the fact that she is not chosen by god herself she wants to be in on this and for what's to come next which we find out is going to be a war of some sort (laughs) oh lord as his last talk or the end of his conversation once he says you understand now uh go out in the world. Just just check it out. You know? Um come to church tonight. It's gonna be a banger. And yeah, I I, I trust you to do the right thing. that's like, I don't think that's a good idea. It's fine. It's totally fine. He's drinking his own Kool-Aid. She's like, I propped you up with that Kool-Aid food. Now you trying to try like he is a true believer. She is a believer to the point where it makes her more significant. <laughs> She's more political with it. Like, what if he tells people these are crimes that we are committing? It's like, no, it's fine. It's fine. We need to spread the gospel. That's that's what is supposed to happen. So he goes out and that's when he goes to errands at church. He gave us quite the speech i didn't i was uncomfortable how much Lisa was into it as well annie still thinks her son's gonna show up not knowing at the end of this episode she will never see him again uh and before he went to aaron he did go home and look at his parents look at his brother because he knew he wasn't gonna see them again either and at church he said that you guys are all soldiers in God's army and that basically God's will changes (laughs) with his morality and I'm like this is some straight up bullshit 100% anytime that you could just switch it up where it's convenient for me then he like they make make the the all of the uh, excuse you know justifications that's the word i was looking for moses killed people <laughs> there are plenty of other people to kill people in the bible you know so i'm a murderer but it's in the name of the lord yeah hence the holy wars uh yeah you were working through the lord to stick your dick in someone who doesn't want it that was god's will for you to set those children on fire and I have no, I, I'm clear of conscience because if it's God's will, he will wipe me of that feeling. And this is where we get very problematic with the Bible. He's like, it's all written in there. I'm like, who wrote them words? Because it wasn't from a magical pen. So, yeah, he tells him it was an angel as well. It's the angel's blood that was the gift from God that he's been mixing in with the communion wine uh that the residents will all probably benefit from they've clearly got a bigger plan going on here but the interesting part is Mildred and Sarah show up to church oh my god i straight love when Beverly <laughs> ran into Mildred and she gave her that hug and Mildred didn't even try to return it no for that for that bitch for that for that bitch, fuck that bitch. Fuck that bitch. Fuck that bitch. She also was not a fan of what he was putting down about them being soldiers in God's army and preparing for war. She told Sarah outside, You will never come back to this place. That is not my church, and that is not my pastor. That is not the person I used to know. And Riley witnessed that interaction. So even someone who loves him is like, Nah, he's full of shit. <laughs> that is that's not rhetoric I'm down for then we go back to Aaron on the boat with Riley she's like look you I'm not afraid of you uh if you need help I will help you I'm there for you you just need to tell me what you what you want what to do he says well I want you to go to the mainland and never look back but I know that you're not going to do that because you're going to need proof of what has happened. The story that I'm telling you. Because uh, she looks around. She's like, so you brought me out here isolated. What, to scare me? <laughs> Where I can't escape. He's like, no. I brought you out here so that I could not. I had nowhere to go. Uh, he tells her that he wants her to run. But he knows that she will try to save as many people as she can. And that he loves her. He's loved, always loved her in one way or another. And she tells him, I love you too. Before screaming in horror as the sun rises. And Riley combusts into flames. I will remember you. So finally the secret is out. What is... How is she going to be able. I think that she's going to find. Some allies in like in Sarah. I think maybe Mildred. Will be. Open about what she knows. About the situation. Maybe if she goes back to Sharif. But I don't. I don't feel like Sharif would. Get too involved. But I think Annie. The parents. Um, how are they accept that. Uh. If they do accept I mean it's a lot to ask hey by the way I just saw your son combust and he just told me about this conspiracy with the mayor his wife Sturges Uh, they murdered some people and they think that they have an angel that's carrying everybody and then what you show the angel i feel like they would understand the caring part they're totally fine with it they don't need to know where it's coming from they don't seem to be too inclined there (laughs) and as stated earlier the drug dealer and the you know the sinners quote-unquote that's easy to that's easy to write off but it's not right and that's that's the that's the um the moralistic part of it that i love was brought up in this episode well, those are my thoughts on the gospel. We do have feedback from Queen Mimi. So let's jump into the mailbag.
1: What up, Stina? It's Mimi. This is my feedback for Midnight Mass episode five of season one I uh watched this yesterday but I was like I'm gonna need to sit on this for a minute because I I I'm not gonna say that I didn't eventually like the the episode but I felt like it was unnecessarily long there was a lot of moments in there that I felt like just dragged on like I don't know what it is like about the the father and his uh father Pugh, Pugh, I why do i keep saying that father Pruitt and um his sermons and his lectures but i feel like the dialogue just drags on for so fucking long like it needs to be filtered and cut and some shit like it's just like his ser- first of all he feeling himself hard right now like he really think he doing a big thing like i just i will admit that there are a lot of i guess savagery all up and through the bible um it's one of the things i do remember from going to t- sunday school and, and church on sunday with my stepfather I know I didn't told you I absolutely hate religion. I just hate what it brings out of people. And I hate that people use it to do evil stuff. And I'm sure if you knew the Bible through and through like Bev did, you can find it to basically agree with whatever sadistic shit you decide you want to do. But I, I also feel like the fact that you have to keep things a secret or I guess do things in your own time just let you know like the fact that bev was able to talk the mayor and oh why i should have known his name now the dude that everybody's using as a blood bank with the 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 large dude with the beard he kind of looks like a bigger version of sturge that's his name a bigger version of joe sturge using him as a like they she was able to talk them into doing some really unsavory things just by using quotes from the bible and to me this is like what they did with the the nazis like you you give people orders and you give them a, a, a nice little speech and they will follow whatever you do i know that they felt that this was wrong they felt it in their soul but eventually the bottom line is that you did it and it sounds like if i'm if i'm understanding things and if i'm following correctly that even the mayor's wife, uh, Liz, Liz's leaves, leaves mom, is in on it as well. Because she straight up, so she saw her father have a seizure and die. People don't seize that hard, pop blood vessels in their eyes and stop breathing and heart stop and not be dead. That's, that's dead. Real dead, dead um granted I guess Jesus did resurrect so I guess that's what they're going with but the way he's strutting around and talking about God's army and we're gonna do some fucked up shit and you motherfuckers better be okay with it like that's basically what that sermon was and it just it just sounded like just very aggressive and I just was like I I don't feel like this sermon is the way the other ones were but the only one seemed to have a problem with it was uh what is her name the doctor i want to call her aunt but i'm not sure if that's what it is i don't know i don't really care but the lesbian doctor her mom is the only one that seemed to realize that that she wasn't right and can i i don't know any kind of statistics and i and i don't know if it's if there's any documented records of a person coming out of dementia but I've seen people with dementia I've seen them as far gone as her mom was and I've never seen them get better never and I was trying to understand at the beginning of this show why they had that doctor's mom it was clearly a younger person that had old person makeup on and i was like why couldn't they just get a younger like why couldn't they just get an older person to play her mom why did they get a young person to make her old it didn't make sense but now i guess they like time is starting to reverse and nobody's starting to notice like she's looking younger than her fucking daughter like how are you guys talking about that's a miracle death is a part of life and death is normal not dying is not normal, and anybody that says that that's okay is not right. Death is what happens to everybody. Who wants to live forever? I know I don't. Life is fucking hard. Who wants it for, to just go on in, incessantly all of the time for all of eternity? That sounds awful. <laughs> I personally was with Riley the whole episode. Uh, poor riley um but i'll get to him in a second i just i really really don't like where this is going it just cannot end well and um i just i'm assuming he's trying to turn this whole island into into vampires even though he thinks they're angels um and then all these people are missing poor sharif i'm wondering if the sheriff him being muslim is going to have some type of like, I guess, different outcome because of this so-called angel, and I wonder what Beth's gonna have to say about it. Be- Beth, Bev. So let me go on and talk to my buddy Riley because I knew he. I, I was like, I don't think they're gonna kill him immediately. I don't think he's gonna die this episode. I think they're gonna turn him into a vampire because I felt like that's where this was going because he was feeding them their blood or feed, I guess feeding the congregation the angel's blood, healing them, but it also is what turned him into a vampire. He got young first and he healed up and I guess turned into his best self. But then he died and then he became what he is now and he can't even go out the sun. So I'm assuming that's the end game for him, for everybody. Um but I knew the way he closed the door and he didn't, like, he just had, uh, the phone ringing and he didn't destroy it. I was like, yeah, he's probably gonna just turn up. Um, now I will say, as Riley was telling, um, Aaron, I didn't know which way it was gonna go. At first, I was like, oh, he's gonna, he's gonna kill himself because he doesn't want to be this thing, but he also doesn't want um her to go back there and her to see what they turn him into. that's why he told her and then as he, as we were watching him like be bloodlust over you know looking at people's veins, I love the the I don't know if you call it imagery I don't know what what you call it the animation I have no idea I don't know these damn words, but the way they made the their eyes, if you were looking at them they kind of shimmer like a cat i like the way they looked when i like the way the sound and the graphics looked when they were looking at people's veins and they were hearing their heartbeat all that shit was cool as hell that was just a side note but the way he was looking at everybody he just had this like bloodlust um And the way he was looking at that cup in the blood, I honestly, during the whole interaction with him father, when it was Sturge and and Bev, I wanted him to kill Bev so bad. I was like, drink that cup, throw it and realize how delicious it is and kill this bitch. I want her to die so bad. But then I, I, I thought about who this character is. He's literally already killed a human soul and it's a guilt that he's carrying with him no matter what and it was probably the guilt that kept him from actually partaking into you know draining someone's blood and i and i feel like that was the reason that he couldn't go through with it the father wanted him to basically turn off his humanity so that he could be what the father is like don't feel guilt i don't feel guilt for killing joe i did what i had to do i don't feel guilty at all and you're you're, you know how you feel about it. I knew he was jealous. Um, I feel like that's a normal emotion. And he looked like he was broken for just feeling that feeling of guilt. or um, Jealousy for having guilt. Um, and feeling like someone else being guilt free is envious. And I can't say that I blame him. It, to, to be resolved of everything must be a nice feeling. But that in itself is is evil (laughs) you feeling like you don't owe anybody any kind of apology for taking a life Joe didn't kill a he just did something irresponsible and she got fucking hurt she didn't die though and you just murdered him and then the way you killed him was awful i his last moments must have been horrific terrifying that the person he trusted so much Is draining him dry like he wasn't dead when the father started sucking on his blood and then we saw him as he was like biting through the injury on the back of his head all of that was awful (sighs) and then we get to the scene in the boat where he starts crying and he's like you know I want you to just get in this boat and I want you to go to mainland and never look back I'm sorry I tried I did you know everything I could do that that was a really well well acted scene and it was it it got me I was I was bawling my eyeballs out and I thought when they were like you know I love you I loved you my whole life and she was like I love you too I thought that and then him crying because I knew what was about to happen I thought that was bad but then Right when we think he's about to die, we see the girl he killed. And for the first time, we actually see her regular face. And she grabs his hand. So clearly, she's forgiving him because he's sacrificing himself because he doesn't want to kill anybody else. And that shit was just too much for me. I was like, balling my eyeballs out. And then we get a flash of what's really happening as Aaron's screaming her fucking face off. And Riley's burning to death. He like crumbled into the piece. I'm like, can you like put him out so you don't sink to the bottom of the lake or ocean i don't know i think that's a i think they're yep they have to be the ocean because they fucking fishing for crabs and shit God damn! like you girl you better i'm gonna need you to um put his body out that was a lot like i it took all of me to not just jump to the next scene but i or the next episode but i was like nope I'm going to finish this out. I think it's only two more episodes left. So I am very interested to see what happens. But I'm still mad you got me watching this scary ass shit. Anywho, um, I'll end it here. Until next time, love, peace, hair, grease, and black girl magic. We're going to couch me out. Once again, I did
0: not put no guns to nobody's faces. <laughs> and force you to watch this scurry shit it wasn't even scary this episode this is the first episode though that it was not that i didn't jump at all and i wasn't scared uh starting with your no uh, sorry my notes on your commentary um the last being the funniest <laughs> she's like i'm gonna need you to push this body out I- <laughs> i'm sure she wasn't expecting him to shocked she's like i'm gonna need you to take some action though and make sure you can get back to shore (laughs) because it seems like it's a long way and that's a very valid point it's like don't let them burn a hole through the motherfucker uh (laughs) but i ain't gonna fault her for not immediately or needing to scream at least for another two minutes before she thought of that uh it was a very well acted scene um with them with him uh being forgiven i thought that was very you know it wasn't even expected it wasn't what he was asking for and i love the point that you made because i didn't even put that together that he would rather kill himself than than kill anyone else because he was saying you know when you go out there and that hunger is gonna come again and you're gonna need to kill someone to satiate that but guess what you're not gonna feel guilt for and he says well then if i can't feel guilt uh you know then i I can't live that life a conscious free life like he's been given something people would love to to be given he doesn't see it as a gift he sees it as a curse uh so that was very well done uh you know and that's the thing where he he didn't want to be forgiven that's where i always had a problem with peaches uh it back to the expanse because once you do put that blood on your hands it is it's it, why everyone else is so ready to move on in actuality those people never move on it's not that's not something you know i'm glad that you can get over it but it wasn't your friends it wasn't your family and furthermore i wasn't a good person and that should be doesn't matter what i'm doing now you can't take away from who i was then then you 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 skip all of the work part but yeah empathy is what makes us human being able to feel guilt and knowing right from wrong and those feelings that come associated with that is what you know uh makes a good person and i can't wait till tomorrow when we talk about the expanse because i wanted to go into Naomi's speech I didn't write it down the first episode but she talks about doing the right thing without this idea of a reward and and many religions are like that where you know it's be good so that when you die you can have this better thing like that's where your basis of morality is versus knowing or, or that empathy that human emotion that I think plays a bigger role in understanding that yeah i don't want to do that because i know what it feels like to do that and that's not a good uh you know and, and wiping my my conscience clear of that well then i'm not human anymore which is exactly the point uh, i thought that father paul was going to sacrifice bev to riley and i would have been fine with that as well yes to the cinematography and the visualizations we shared a brain on two thoughts in this episode that is one of them i thought that was very well done um i've seen it in other vampire movies but i thought that it had a, a definite spin to it by showing not just the neck or the pulse. You see like them seeing their whole <laughs> organ system there. Um, I don't want to live forever either. But I think people what their fear is. Is that they don't have enough time. Enough time to, to feel as if they've had a satisfied life. Like going back to the good place. It was not so much that. you die because that's the same thing i like we are you know life and death that it's it's terrifying as it is as scary as it is and it is scary because don't start just going down a rabbit hole on it you're just like ah but it is a natural thing a natural uh, life thing and i think most people fear that it'll be cut short before they get to truly feel that's why when people are like 80 or 90 like not even 80 because 80 is still relatively young depending on how well you treated your body but around 90 you're feeling that need to say okay i've lived my life i've had these years i have these memories i have i'm satisfied but no one ever wants to say goodbye uh and then it's not even just goodbye it's it's goodbye forever now you're making me depressed (laughs) Um but going back into why why Father Paul is such an appeal especially hey you don't have to fear death because you have this island of people who are getting up in their years they haven't really been out experienced life you know they may regret decisions in their lives and now all they have to look forward to is death and that fear can drive people insane can drive them crazy and he's off also offering you know your youth your all the things that you want back but again how this doesn't sound like a devil's deal and not uh an act of god as if one can be without the other is really crazy to me and i'm surprised riley didn't bring that up it's like you keep mentioning god but you keep forgetting the devil and i'm so glad i'm not the only one i swear when you said that in your notes i cackled out loud because i was like what are we sharing brain cells but yes about the the actress playing mildred like why did they feel the need to put her in that old makeup and sarah is definitely not sure what is going on with her mom but she definitely knows it's something she just can't like what can you do about it I would have put her ass in a boat though and went to the mainland like she just had alzheimer's (laughs) can you explain to me how she no longer has that but even if they could like what are they you know how much how far can you go down that rabbit hole without you just saying you know this is also a grown woman she wants to be like no and she seems to know what's happening and you're correct the mayor's wife is in on it while she wasn't there for the murder. Or to clean up the Joe Collie's murder. I'm sure she was told by her husband. And lastly, yes, the monologues are very lengthy. They are. Uh, surprisingly, this is the first episode. It hasn't um, bothered me as much. But it was infinitely dragging out the scene with him. And Riley in the rec center. Even the whole the whole conversation with Sharif you know I, I'm gonna bust down doors I just don't want to make sure he's on a bender so I need you to, to be honest with me I need his state of mind and even that went on like they tell people that they were fine before they committed suicide they seemed fine but uh yeah I, I couldn't wait for the next episode as well and that's kind of a, a good sign of a show is when you really want to know what happens next and we will find out what happens next on Tuesday, uh, the 25th. This one will tackle episode, or uh, no, yet yeah, tomorrow. What am I talking about? Tomorrow, we will tackle episode six. <laughs> With Tuesday, episode seven, and then Saturday, the 29th, uh, the finale. So, if you want to get your feedback in, at gmail.com. or you can leave a comment below on this podcast. My social media will be there as well. Remember to like, share, and subscribe. Until the next time, peace, hair grease, and blacker magic.